Hi. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Fine. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals. And I tolerate them sometimes. And best friends. <laughs> and we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes and I work at a busy birth center and a small home birth practice. I'm Meredith Rout, and I'm a midwife, and I work at the same home birth practice. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula and a birth assistant at same said small home birth breakfast. breakfast. Oh my god, you said breakfast! I didn't even expect that! Wow. Do you know what I love about home birth? What? When people have other people make breakfast for us afterwards. That is always glorious, I would say but... That, I would say that's like one in ten. But they are fantastic when that it, does happen. It happens at the center sometimes, too. I That's would true. say, though, that it might sound weird, but I'm a huge fan of hospital food. Hospital food. It is delicious. <laughs> Who did you say had great hospital food, Meredith? Oh, you mean three takes ago when we did yes. this the first time? <laughs> uh, Winchester Medical Center has really great hospital food. That's because you can get Chick-fil-A and sushi on the same day. I didn't even know you were going to say that. <laughs> and their stuffed cabbage rolls are phenomenal. Oh, my God. And their salad bar is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Meredith, I love you so much. So much. Enough about that. What are we talking about today, Jess? Um, You know what we don't pack in our birth bags? Breakfast foods. Oh, I used to have uh, protein bars, but I ate them all. I did not replace them. (laughs) Listen, can we just start out by apologizing to... We are doing our best with the, the captions for our deaf community and look we my suck hair. at it your hair looks amazing i don't know what's happening i love it you look like the devil it's I like know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway it look really good how i not notice that <laughs> we're doing our best and you mean so much to us and we are really trying yes it's very difficult and we're gonna soon do a small money raising thing so that we can afford the actual clothes professional to do it because yes. it's rough yeah it's yeah. just it's really we difficult to, raise. to do. I don't know if you've noticed, but we talk a lot at the same time and we talk really fast and YouTube does not we, like that. We talk fast. Fine, I talk fast and over them all the time. Wow. Actually, Jess was the only one that it picked up really clearly. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'm the only one happens. drinking because I'm off call and you bitches are we not. Are we call. are not. One thing we're not going to work harder on is making our appearance better for these videos, no. which I just now that we're doing a video, I literally cannot stop staring at myself talking in the camera. It's awful. I have no problem with it. Yeah. I'm glad. None. Good for you. I'm looking at you. You know a problem I don't have? What? Talking into my microphone. Oh. I'm I, doing really good right now. <laughs> I don't have that problem either. I'm just... Aware. Look, I'm just going to stare at myself the whole time and make sure my mic is right in front of my uh, face. Uh, uh, you know what uh. I want to know? What's in your bag, baby? What's that's in not, your bag, That's not baby? my bag, baby. That's none of your business. So, <laughs> just kidding. There's we don't a lot have secrets. Of, I feel like this whole cor- coronavirus... Corona. <laughs> Corona, which is, is spelt C O R, just like the beverage, Arona. Kim O N A. Um, I think it's. I feel like it's brought a lot of questions to light about what do we do out of hospital hosp- birth workers and what we actually carry. Yes, and we carry actually we don't carry that much, shockingly, but it's, that's the beauty of home birth is you don't I really had, need a lot. I had called years <clears throat> ago. I called Winchester before. I feel like whether they like me or not, they know who I am when I call. Mm-hmm. Yes. But years ago, they did not. And I said, the heart tones, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, you do heart tones? Yeah. And I was like, oh, goddamn. Like, obviously, there's some misunderstanding. <laughs> or the time you transferred and your client had an IV. And they were like, oh, you guys do IVs? Yeah, you can do it. And IV. then they kept it in for three more days. And they weren't me. Oh, I don't want to talk about that <laughs> part, but... Yeah, they weren't mean. They were just, they had no idea yeah. that we do these things. I'm, I have Your to Your dog is literally I'll be right back. making Keep going, me crazy. Though. Oh, Chuck's come to the rescue. Good. I was going to get up, but now I don't have to. My dog is sitting quietly next to us. She's an angel. Um, so we wanted to do an episode called What's in Our Birth Bag to baby, talk about the baby. things that we carry to births um, to maybe dispel some of the misunderstandings or assumptions about what it is we do at home. Births. Yes. So 
If you're having a home birth first, you will be sent to a link to order a beautiful, amazing box of goodies. Birth kit. Birth, birth kit. kit. And that has all of the like non-essential things like Chuck's pads. Mm-hmm. Umbilical um, cord clamps. Yes. Uh, gloves. And we have mm-hmm. our own, but it's nice to have Bulb an extra. Bulb syringe. Bulb syringe. Peri bottle. Straws. Straws. Victoria's Secret looking panties. Fishnet. Which I don't even think we should get those anymore. I think we should just no. make everyone get depends. I've had one client out of all of them who insisted on using stretchy underwear. And I was like, you're going to regret it. And I she may did. or may not be wearing a depends right now on my period. Oh my gosh, you guys are synced up. <laughs> we are. We just were talking about that today. We it's a week of, early. I'm like, I don't understand. Oh, we the had a force convert, is strong with Jess right now. Because uh, Meredith said today, she's like, I wonder why we don't sync up better because we're together so much. And I was like, I think the problem is, is that you have a really short cycle. I have a very normal cycle and Kim has a really long yeah. cycle. And not so our, anymore for the past anymore. few months. It's been spot on Dang nice. it. i really liked that vision of our like ovaries being in a mosh pit just like constantly yeah. bumping into each other but like, never actually uh, finding uh, each uh, other here's what's really weird it's getting it's, destroyed my cycle was all kinds of screwed up this month like my my super awesome turned on cycle was short and my period started it's all the stress it's, it's kids i love having huh? my children at home but yet this morning was it this morning no yesterday chuck was like are you about to get your period and i was like i don't know in a couple days and he's like and it was like I'm like super turned on right now. That means you're going to get your period. I'm like, I'm not supposed to get my period. (laughs) And then this morning I woke up bleeding to death. And how did he know that? I I I love when the guys know better than we do. It's so weird. (laughs) My husband can smell my period coming. It's in a strange. good way, not a bad way. <laughs> I, I used to have an ex you? that would track it on his Google Calendar, so I would text him and be like, "What am I? When's my period due?" And he'd be like, "Oh, it's not for another two weeks." Okay, thanks. We should do a whole. <laughs> we should do a whole episode about cycles, but not today. It's fair. Okay, so moving on. So, so we? what we might you have get, in our birth bag is tampons. So you get your birth kit. Yeah, we do keep tampons in our in our birth bags because sometimes your cr- crazy hormonal output rubs off on us. Mm-hmm. I said rubs off, and um, <laughs> and we'll start spotting or get our period while we're at a birth. Um, but that's not the important things we're going to talk about. So we're going to talk about what midwives carry in their bag and why they carry it, and then also what like I as a doula carry for comfort measure would you like a cup of coffee also my it really helps me tell me not, about your mouth it's probably because i'm sober right now my mouth is not working correctly that's strange would you like a bar so do you know what would be a great mm. idea what well i have your tequila on the porch Ooh. if you need and <laughs> and your and limeade yeah it's Ooh. all out there i cleaned Ooh. up everything but that so I can get that okay, for you. Maybe okay. during the break. But I think it'd be cool if we said um, the things that people ask us, like, well, what happens if my wife hemorrhages? Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. And then we can talk to what is in mm-hmm. our kit in that way. Yeah. Yes. I've actually been bringing my birth bag to consultations. Well, it's in my car all the time, so it's not. It's already there. But I find that people don't really understand what we do until they see our birth bags. And yes. then they're like, oh, you have literally everything. And I was like, yep. Yep. Yeah. Everything. You're a real, I mean, I was a real birth. You're wife. a real midwife. Start to say that the only thing we don't have is an, is a, things you would do in an OR. Mm-hmm. I do not have an OR in my bag. No, no, we don't have that. We're not Mary Poppins. We don't have enough sterile drapes to create an OR environment. It'd be crazy if we just pulled out like a cloth bag and we're just like, and here's our OR table. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I would. Re- I really. I would not like to ever have and to do a C-section. No, and here's our OB that's going to do all this <laughs> for you. <laughs> that would be pretty magical. The actually, OB just grows out of the bag. Like a penis. What do you have in your bag in case my baby comes out and I start bleeding to death? So we have a number of different options. I have mm-hmm. a herbal side of my bag and then Pass. I have a medication side of my bag. So okay. let's talk about the medication side. Thank you. Because that's your choice and everybody has a choice of what they would like to start with first. So medications. We have Pitocin. Mm-hmm. We have Methogen. Mm-hmm. We have side attacks. so hot right now. We have oxygen. We have IV fluids. Wow. We've got all of the things. I don't have that in my bag, but the nurse coming to me. That's, that's my true. bag, baby. Does. I do have those things. Since I am a nurse, I do have standing orders to carry medications. I do want to say, also, I want to go back and, and say that we're talking about our practice in yes. particular um, because of Virginia law for CPMs, certified professional midwives, not all certified professional midwives may have all of these things. So you would probably want to ask your midwife what mm-hmm. she does. That is does true. Carry. 
Ask if your practice has a nurse on staff who has standing orders, who has access to medication. I just may or may not have carried things that I wasn't supposed to because someone's life is more important to me than a rule. Yes. I feel like a lot of midwives. But I'm not going to say what that is. Yeah. I feel like a lot of midwives do that, but we're not going to. We're not going to throw anybody under the bus on that one. But some do not. Yeah. And and herbs are actually very effective. They are very effective. Yeah. It's just not how I got my training. And I also want to um, clarify that while we carry Pitocin and Cytotec, we do not use those for induction of labor at all. They're anti-hemorrhagic. Yes. They are only for postpartum for delivery of the placenta or to help stop bleeding. Yeah. We can help augment labor. Like we have those things in our bag, but they're not medication based. They are herbal herbal based or homeopathic based. Yeah, so some of the things that we use for bleeding after the birth um, herbally would be cotton root, mm-hmm. Angelica. Angelica. We have, you can also use your placenta. That doesn't even have to be in our bag. Yeah. You can utilize your placenta, your umbilical cord for that. Yeah. My, my friend Natalie was there for that one. And it worked better than any other medication mm-hmm. I've ever seen. It does work. It turns it off like a faucet. It yeah. really creeps people out though. I always talk about that with clients before the birth so they're not caught off guard if I recommend yeah. that. And most well, of the people who are open to it once we've had a conversation so, about it. So what we're talking about is there's a lot of hormones in your placenta. And so if you're hemorrhaging, um, and this could also be good if something were to happen to a midwife's not around, even if your placenta is still in, you can cut off part of your cord and you can you put it, it in, in your, your cheek. cheek and it absorbs the hormones Beugally. absorb through your the mucous membrane mucous membrane in your mouth one of my um, favorite births was the mom didn't realize that she just had to put it in her cheek and she, she was, was chewing, chewing on it and like her teeth were like all gnarly and i was like <laughs> oh my god this is what the zombie apocalypse was so like. disgusting. <laughs> it was really hard not to laugh <laughs> and cry at the same time well, but it I worked. Used, it worked. I didn't have a nurse at, at this birth, so I used the placenta. Yeah. And every instinct in my body was like, skip the pit, go to the placenta. Mm-hmm. And it worked. It, it worked. is so amazing. And that's the beauty of midwifery. You have to trust yeah. that instinct and that voice. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of people who prefer to um, use natural methods before going to medications. And so for those people, we would we usually would do tinctures first. Mm-hmm. And so you also have like placenta release tincture. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, um, there's very specific formulas for different situations like there's some that you'd want to use if the placenta is still in and they start hemorrhaging or if their placenta is out you'd mm-hmm. use different ones yeah that's my slow down what you're saying Sorry. <laughs> i'm from southwest virginia y'all shit talk are you Fast. my family is yeah um so those are some of the things we would do for bleeding um <clears throat> what's something else that we have another question that people would ask us also, we can start IVs for bleeding to help replace some of your fluids that mm-hmm. were lost. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens? Expand your blood volume. I love expanding blood volumes. I love so expanding helpful. everything. Even in non-emergency situations, if a mom is exhausted or she's mm-hmm. having a hard time keeping fluids down because she's nauseous or she's just yep. not drinking a lot in labor. Or maybe she's hungover. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they work great for that. I don't think that the mom. Oh, you don't mean the mom's in labor. <laughs> I, I did, but I was I joking. I have never started an IV on somebody joking. because they're hungover. Never, that would be, ever. That would I would never do that. All of your everything. Never have I ever started an IV on someone in, for a hangover. Um, I'm petting my dog right now. Hand <laughs> <laughs> is not available. <laughs> uh, okay. I was going to ask, what happens if my baby comes out not breathing? Oh, great question. Or, wait, what happens if my baby is blue? Oh, that's a really mm. great question. So we have a series of steps that we take mm-hmm. in resuscitation to help a baby. So is we it normal all- if my baby looks blue for the first <laughs> so time? My- I tried to move and I moved the wrong direction. <laughs> Did you just sneeze? COVID all around. <laughs> it's trying to rub it on in my shoulder. That's like a spritz of the COVID-19. Oh, <laughs> when I waited tables, I had a guy, I had a guy go to sneeze up. and instead of sneezing on the food, he like turned and sneezed on your face because I'm only four feet tall and he went, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, my face. That just happened. That happened. Good job, Jen. All right. So we actually. (laughs) There's a homeless child looking at us. (laughs) 
We've started um, showing clients our resuscitation equipment prenatally. But is it okay if the, my baby is blue for a second? Yeah, we babies take a while sometimes to yeah. transition. So that can all, be really normal. Doesn't mean things wrong. Are a different color when they're inside because they're not breathing oxygen yet. So babies are not pink inside their moms, mm-hmm. and so when they switch over to breathing um, oxygen. They have to switch over to a whole new way of circulating. Yeah, and their heart has to change. Like all these different mechanisms have to fall into place. Yes, and, and usually, sometimes it can just take a little bit longer. Usually, for that some process case. goes well. And some people think that we don't do anything if that process doesn't go well. Um, but we actually have we. Ha- so we are all certified in neonatal resuscitation. Mm-hmm. And if we ever have anybody back us up, like a another midwife or a birth assistant, we ensure that they're also trained in neonatal resuscitation because sometimes. You need more than one set of hands to do that. Yes. And that goes for like, since with me in this conversation with this birth center and with our home mm-hmm. birth practice, no one can attend your birth unless mm-hmm. they are NNR or CPR trained, unless you choose to hire a doula who doesn't have those certifications. Yeah. But we will not bring anyone to you. Even as without. a doula, I've always kept my neonatal resuscitation certifications just because what if you have a precipitous labor so at home? Smart, Jess. Yeah. I, I, w- Just I like to, to be able baby. to do those things if a baby comes quickly and there's nobody else around. Yeah. So then if the baby is blue and limp and not breathing, mm-hmm. then what do you do? So there's a series of steps you can take. The first would be just to do something called postural drainage. I love that. Yeah, I know. I love postural drainage. It looks really weird, though. It does look weird. It's and actually, is more. it is nice to have a second set of hands to do postural as well. You don't need a second set. But um, you also, like, before you even do that, you can just rub the baby. Sometimes they just need a little bit of stimulation. So you can just, like, rub their back mm-hmm. and see if that triggers a reflex and causes them to breathe a little bit more. Postural drainage is basically just holding your baby kind of at an upside-down angle so any mm-hmm. fluids in its mouth drains out from gravity. It, yeah. That sounds like it would probably if you, be a disaster. If you ever have done um, first aid or CPR for a pediatric, um, it's the same position you would use to do <laughs> choking on a baby. Kim is using oh, her cat. She's using her cat. Okay, and then if I was assisting, I'm scared she's going to bite me if I grab her head. I would hold her little head up like this. And then we would have somebody stroking her back with two fingers. The other to direction. Postural drainage. The oh, other the direction. other way. <laughs> Sorry, that would have been against the fur, and then I would have probably gotten scratched. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we do that before we ever do anything, just to make sure that simple interventions like that wouldn't be enough. And then if we do see that the baby is still struggling, we can use a bulb syringe and see mm-hmm. if there's some mucus in the mouth that could help clear their airways a little bit more. To help us make these decisions in the first 30 seconds, though, we would be listening to your baby's heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then if we do decide... With a stethoscope. Sometimes I use Another a Doppler. Another piece of equipment. Sometimes or a Doppler. a Doppler. The Doppler's mm-hmm. faster. Yeah, Doppler is easier. Um, and then if that doesn't work, then we can always use our Ambu bag, which is a handy bag that we carry in our birth bag. Yep. That we can use to create a nice seal over the baby's mouth with a mask and help them get a couple of breaths to clear whatever mucus or fluid is left in the lungs and help increase their oxygenation. It's it's called positive pressure ventilation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And usually a couple of breaths is enough. Usually. Sometimes your situations where kids need a little bit more help. but And I've never in... Oh my God. Should I say never? I've never, but... Essentially, babies you. are born to live. So usually a couple of puffs of air. Mm-hmm. It could take a minute. It could take a few minutes. But I've um, chest compressions or something that even in the we, hospital, the person who teaches rare. our NNR yeah. says that she might do them once a year. There's got to be a pretty high risk situation yeah. for a baby to need chest compressions. For sure. Um what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So like I said, we've kind of gotten the practice of like sharing this information with our clients beforehand because um, it is normal. It doesn't have to be scary. It is kind of hard to explain it in that moment if there's a lot going on. So it's easier to explain it ahead of time. So if we do have to do any kind of resuscitation, parents know what to expect. And I mean, I've, we've done births f- together for so long and Kim is so calm about it. And I've like learned that energy from her. Also from uh-huh. Karen Strange's awesome neonatal resuscitation really class. Oh, man. As you, a birth worker, if you've never taken it, take, take it. it. You it's have amazing. Every birth worker, doula, midwife, so nurse, good. just mm-hmm. take Karen Strange's class. It's just, it's a whole new world yeah. for resuscitation. It's worth it for sure. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was But then also going along with 
resuscitation, but also we use it for other things. Um, we carry oxygen. Mm-hmm. And so that can, can be used on mom or the baby. We can use that as blow by for the baby if the baby needs a little bit more help than just the, the PPV. Along that note, we also have a pulse ox with us used for the baby. So if we need, have any concerns about whether or not the baby's oxygenating well, we can use a pulse ox to actually assess what the percentage of oxygen is in their blood. But mostly we use the oxygen for during labor. If the baby is starting to get head compression and have some D cells, Sometimes giving the mom some oxygen can help stabilize bring those D cells up, um, especially if they're the pushing for a long time. Yeah, and it gives the mom some energy too. It serves so, multiple purposes. So thus far, we have equipment to resuscitate. We have equipment hemorrhage. to stop a hemorrhage. We haven't talked about, unfortunately, our episiotomy scissors. Oh, we have mm-hmm. those. Mm-hmm. We, have we don't like to use those, and we have never all hope s- to. Kinds of scissors, but. They get used very rarely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. I think. Have you? You've cut one episiotomy um, in two, your practice I think. too. Two, two oh. as a midwife, and two when I was a student. Okay. So four in fifteen years, like yeah. that's nothing. Yeah. So we have them if we need them. We try so many other things before it gets to that point, but we do have them if we need them. I've seen Kim threaten to use them, and then the baby comes out immediately. Oh, I will threaten. <laughs> that usually works. I've- <laughs> I can't I can't count how many times I've threatened and and they're not they're not like empty threats it's yeah you don't threaten and I will scissors for nothing but Mm -mm. moms tend to find somewhere to dig from Mm -hmm. when they hear yeah cut Mm -hmm. (laughs) and again we talk about that I can't tell you how many times in the hospital I've seen providers go for an episiotomy without telling clients that they're doing that and so we talk about that again prenatally as well so that in that moment and there's always like a conversation around it's never like you do it without talking you're like hey i have these right here you can see them i'm going to have to use them if we don't progress i give you one more contraction yeah yeah you do you usually give them like you get this many more before i'm going to have to do this Um, so on that note we have our suturing supplies too yep so out of hospital midwives, CPMs can suture first and second degree. And we have lidocaine. Well, because of my nursing license, we have lidocaine. So we can not only numb you up, but then we can suture you to a certain degree afterwards. Yep. Which is really nice to not have to transfer for suturing. So we can resuscitate. We can stop a hemorrhage. We can suture beautifully a vagina that has torn. Mm-hmm. We really care. It you're might take us a, a little bit longer. You're such a beautiful suturer. You really I are. I love. I shouldn't enjoy it. But it's one of those things where you see something. Mm-hmm. It's like painting a wall and you mm-hmm. see the new color. I'm like, look at this vagina. I'm going to make it beautiful again. And yeah. then you do. And I then, love watching uh, your face while you're suturing. I, you should take a picture because I, I don't know what I look like. <laughs> you're just like, you know what you're doing is awesome. And you're like, yeah. I got this. Do I stick a tongue out like Meredith? Or oh, my God. I do do that. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just concentrating so, so hard. Like a very like intense look of concentration. And you do this thing like. Uh-huh. You do that. Go. <laughs> which actually is like a little bit I imagine a little bit weird for the client to see you going like I don't think she can see, see me. she can't see that's true. they can't see your face I do offer like, like if you want to sit up more so you can watch me that's fine but moms Mm-mm. are like why nobody wants to see that I don't want to see that yeah um one of the things that we have in our bag that I really love is the Foley catheter just yes. that's that's like another augmentation tool that we have available to us, which is more commonly in the, used in the hospital now. So like if you want to get up, to, if we're trying to move things along, that can get you up to four centimeters dilated it much so more gently than a medication. Using it for an induction. For yeah. aug- augmenting, augmenting a labor to start. Because I have a straight cath for cathing yeah and then I gotcha. have a Foley cath so we also have catheters because sometimes um moms have trouble emptying their bladders either at the end mm-hmm. of labor or after the birth and the bladder can get in the way of your uterus contracting efficiently so it can either get in the way of the baby having enough room to come out um if the mom can't empty your bladder or it can increase bleeding and yeah. so if the mom is not able to get herself to pee at those times we can use a catheter to help empty her bladder and also like postpartum we like to have moms get up and use the bathroom before they're discharged from care but there are moms who because of whatever reason have a really hard time getting up and moving immediately postpartum and you know what they really just need is to rest and to sleep yeah and so you can offer to cath them but ideally you have them go to the bathroom before you discharge them from care but if you know if you're like i can come check on you in a couple more hours like in the morning i'm gonna cath you for now and then come back and see if you can pee in a couple hours after you've slept so i like to say for all of these things especially in our practice these aren't things that we use routinely Mm -mm. it's not something that is used for 
everybody, like most of our clients aren't using these no, things, not at but all. we have them. Um, so we're not using Pitocin for the birth of the placenta every time it's there for if we need it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've tried, I don't, I think I've used meds on two of my births that I've done since I started Linden Tree. So it's really not, really? I haven't used them very much at all. Yeah. I think the oxygen is what I've used midwives, most. Different midwives um, have different ways of training that they might feel more comfortable going to med sooner, but still always getting consent. So mm-hmm. um, different midwives are, are more comfortable with like using herbs or whatever. And so that's when we talk about. And clients um, too. It depends yeah. on who your clientele is. For sure. For sure. For our moms that won't um, or can't accept blood products, they for me are the ones that typically ask me to go right to meds. Mm-hmm. They don't want yeah, to Yeah, they don't want to run the risk of, of having to do a blood. transfusion. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I've talked a lot. What stuff do you have in your bag, Kim? That we well, haven't talked about. The same minus the meds. And I would like to, so there's a couple other things that I know I keep in my bag. Um, I keep Clary Sage essential oil. Oh yeah, we haven't talked about essential oils that at all. That can help um, to stimulate contractions for mm-hmm. a mom who's trying to get either if labor stalling or if for some reason we're trying to start labor. Um, and peppermint oil mm-hmm. can also be super helpful for a mom who's having trouble peeing. Mm-hmm. Um, putting a drop it's of very peppermint oil. Yeah, it's like can. gnarly out there. Right NTM, now. NTM. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> the wind is crazy out right yeah. now. Insane. I was worrying about my all my little like vegetable plants I put on the porch to get rained on. They're probably all blown. They're not there to anymore. Kansas. Yeah, babies. Oh well, I'll have to go get more. What about the one we got for our office? Is that safe somewhere? Oh, it's in the yes, house. That's in the house. It's Very so safe. That's all I cared about. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hopefully, we'll get you guys office pictures soon. Yes, very soon. One day. I always forget that this is releasing like weeks after we record it, though. So they will definitely <laughs> be available before this episode. This one will comes probably out. just release in two weeks. Okay, so. we should be done by then. Yeah, or maybe a week. Um, so, so we talked about. Do we want to go to break and then we can talk about like comfort measure stuff to kind of? Yeah. Was there anything else medically that we feel like we need to cover that you guys keep in your bag? Just think through it real quick. Quick, quick, real quick, real queefly, real queefly. Let's talk about. God, it's like the sky is queefing. It is right really now. gnarly. Crazy. Really big one. That's a big. Oh <laughs> it's a big queef. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some of the things we keep in the doula bag for comfort measures, and then also our birth story of the week. Yeah, awesome. yeah. beer me. Cue the music. Oh yeah. So today's sponsor for our episode is actually us. We have big goals in mind with our podcast and we are trying to reach a wider audience. In order to do this, we are launching a Patreon account. If you don't know what a Patreon account is, it is an avenue for people to become patrons of our podcast. There'll be three levels of support that you can give us and you'll have special offers available only to patrons. One of the goals that we're trying to accomplish with this account is to reach the deaf community. In order to do this, we've been trying to videotape every single one of our episodes and give closed captioning so that our deaf audience can also enjoy the podcast. We found this to be a lot more difficult than we thought it would be, and we need professional help. So if you would like to help us in this endeavor to be able to hire someone to do our closed captioning and reach the deaf community, check out our Patreon account. It will be full of fun offers available just to patrons. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, and we look forward to entertaining you for a long time. Back to the episode. Welcome back from that delightful break. <laughs> that was delightful. I was working the whole time, guys. Sorry. 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 <laughs> you know who wasn't working? Me. I wasn't. I was working real hard. I wasn't. I wasn't working at all. I was drinking this delicious Bud Light. Oh, yeah. What did I miss on the break? Anything fun? Chuck's laying in bed watching a movie. Oh, what movie? I, I cooked, don't know. I cooked. Karate. I really, I just had the most intense like need to go just snuggle down in bed and watch that movie with him. I don't know why. I just like, he's so big. I just imagine he exudes so much like body. He, he's just like, just so like a cuddling a he space does. heater. Yeah. He gives off a lot of a heat. He's a good, space heater. He's a really good snuggler. Nothing it's, sounds fun about snuggling a space heater. 
<laughs> Kim likes to snuggle space heaters. Remember at the birth center when she wouldn't snuggle us in bed, she chose to snuggle the space heater instead. She yes, didn't did. want to snuggle a space heater though. She just did not want to snuggle us. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I made pierogies and now we're back. I gave in and I'm having a beer. Um, but yeah, let's talk about some of the things we keep in our doula birth bag. Sorry, there's a cat on our freshly painted desk, and I so we're deciding it. whether or not we need to do something about I, it. I painted a roll top desk, and it's this beautiful, it's gorgeous, corally salmon color. If you come to our office, you'll see it. Yeah, my fucking cat jumped on it earlier today, and then missed her mark and dug in, and now there's claw marks down it. And then she was stuck, and I thought about leaving her there, <laughs> but then I was afraid she would dig in more, so I just grabbed her and I had to keep myself from slowly squeezing ah. the life right out of her. But you're I only think, you're only you're not gonna squeeze her because she's not pregnant. If she wasn't, I think she is pregnant. Oh, that's the pregnant one. The I pregnant thought the other one, one was pregnant. I think she's pregnant. I'm not really sure. I'm pretty sure. Um, aren't you a midwife? Shouldn't your instincts be telling you that? Well, as Nikki's story to us will prove, just because you work with animals doesn't mean you know what the hell you're doing with children and vice versa. That is true. Just because oh. I work with humans. That was a gnarly story. Doesn't mean I know. Story. It when was my, a birth that she attended that the husband was a vet and it was real weird. It was weird. So Chuck was like, I said, I'm so excited because we had the chickens. And also the other day, this I have to tell the story because if my mom listens, she'll roll her eyes. But he goes, and this, I am from New Jersey. I used to club, like. Club? Club. I used to club. And he goes, tractor supply. And I go, oh, yes, please. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. What happened? You literally just said today that it was your favorite store in the world. Yeah. What? Why? How did I become And you were you just said that. It wasn't, like, prompted at all. No, you just came up with that on your I own. I love it. And now the cat's pregnant. And all I can talk about is the little babies that are coming. I've become this Aww. ridiculous redneck person. I You're don't gonna know. You're going to be so ready to be a grandma. Oh, You're my. Just be the grammiest God. grandma that ever grandmaed. And Chris making is already icon. living here. It would be the perfect time for me. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> not so much for him, though. So speaking about babies coming that are not Kim's grandchildren. Ever. Um, get, uh, what? Uh, sorry. Uh, get that? The, the what? TV uh, is so loud right now. I don't oh, even I'm gonna, know I'll what's happening. I'll fix that happening. right now. Keep going. Um, so most of the things that I keep in my doula bag, and I can't speak for all doulas because different doulas have different things that they do. Um, I really like to keep my doula bag simple because I prefer to work with my hands. Because her hands are so magical, she doesn't need anything else. I was going to say, I prefer to work with my hands and my mouth rather with tools. And that sounded really sexual. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that, though. <laughs> Did you catch that? Did not. Said, you didn't hear what she just said? I said, I, I like not. to keep my doula bag simple. I just, I prefer to work with my hands and my mouth. <laughs> what do you do with your mouth? I was going to say the first thing I thought I was nip stamp. Oh. No, I talk with my mouth. Oh. I use my mouth to share encouragement. She's yeah. very encouraging with her mouth. So you're not using your mouth to earn jewelry at birth. Is no. that what you're saying? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that why Rachel gave us such a nice jewelry? <laughs> what? <laughs> Fine. You guys are spiraling. All right. We are spiraling. Real so what's Jess, what is in your simple okay, so birth I would bag? Say that, well, so most of the stuff I have is for comfort measures. I do keep, however, um, I do keep a Doppler in my bag so that if something crazy is happening and we're not at the hospital yet or at a midwife's there that um, that, that either they can check their baby's heart tones or I can help them do that. Cause that's but you're not, not my offering mantras. Services. No, no, that's not my that's role. That's for an emergency. That's yes. not our scope of practice. It's not my role as a doula. So usually, if something like that were to be happening, I'd be like, "I have a Doppler. Your water just broke would you in a like huge gush. Would you like to check your baby's heart tones yourself, or would your partner like to do that for you?" Yes. Well, I encourage. Well, you with I my stand mouth. here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I use my mouth to tell you how to do it. <laughs> Wouldn't everything go better if there was just someone next to you going, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Everything you're doing is perfect. Well, that's what's dueling me through most of my well, life. Well, that's what you guys are for. You literally duel at me through every single day. She's the, she's is, the mouth person. I'm the butt rubber. Yeah. <laughs> so she's the mouth person and you're the butt one. Yeah. That's definitely. <laughs> I do use my mouth for a lot of encouragement. I do touch Jess's butt all the time. Or do I do not. 
do that. <laughs> okay, what's in your bag? Okay. Doppler, check. So, um, one of my favorite things to use for um, comfort measures during labor, I always have a rice sock. Mm-hmm. I have so, one of those as well. Yeah. So that's basically just you put it in a microwave for like three minutes. And my favorite place to use it on moms is especially if they're feeling a lot of pressure near their cervix um, during contractions. So we heat it up and you just put that heat right where they're feeling that that pulling sensation. And you don't mean like. Like vaginal, you just mean like on their, like, like where their, their pubic bone on their is, on their belly, belly. and their lower yeah. belly. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good at the lower back too for yeah. moms, unfortunately, if they have posterior babies. If you're having back pain, it can be good for there. So I usually use it on the lower belly. And I, I always like to remind people that it always works better if you take it off when you're not having a contraction and then oh, put it true. on when you are having mm-hmm. a contraction. Otherwise you just get used to that sensation. Mm-hmm. Um, I still I've, have the rice sock that Jess and I made. 14 or 15 we years ago when we were doulas of the smell? Shenandoah no yes that's what we were and it's maroon and hideous and I remember it I still use it and it makes me happy every time we were we were such geeks we were such doula geeks when we first started because and look at you now you're just embittered and neither one of us had like really done births <laughs> maybe we had done like a birth or two buying your birth socks on Amazon and we were like we were doing that Walmart. thing where as a doula where you go to like Target and Walmart and you're like just trying to fill your that birth bag full of tools ever. Yeah. We just went all through the stores just, oh, can we ha- can we ask you how this Just feels? finding like cute things that you're like, can I maybe use this as a doula? How, no, sure. how can I use this as a doula? We literally went up to a woman who was like, uh, looked like she was right about to have her baby and we were like so we're doulas and we wanted to know do you think that this, this tennis ball or this tennis no, ball it was feels like a better vibrating massager we we're like can we do this on you do you feel like this would be annoying or helpful i'm glad labor? she didn't break her freaking water there in the target that sounds we, like a whole lot of did, god we, that we, we were ready for that's it that's like my dream. you guys are probably trying to get that happen no, you're that, like oh let's just try this that's like literally my dream come true to like pull up to like airplane. a 7-eleven or be at the airport and have like a person whose baby is literally coming out and yep. maybe like don't worry everywhere i go i'm like okay if a baby was coming assistant. what would i do right now and so i was so mad because that happened in Strasbourg not that long ago and a random person at the 7-eleven in Strasbourg helped the baby come out and breathe and i was on vacation i was like that was my time to shine <laughs> how often do you go to the 7-eleven in Strasbourg? a lot a lot it's where i get gas all the time and I would see that could have been your they moment. Don't have gas at the Seven Eleven in Strasbourg. Yeah, they do. Oh, that the one. one up by the interstate. Yes, there's two. And so then, when me and Brian were um, driving down to South Carolina last time, there was a car going really fast with its like all of its and you just started on. following it and i noticed that like the next ex is up at a hospital i was like i bet that person's trying to get to the hospital real quick let's follow him <laughs> and <laughs> then you? it's like that their arm got severed no he was like i'm not doing that i was like i could catch this baby if it's coming in the car <laughs> i would have i would have done it yeah. <laughs> i would have followed that car with you jess yeah. i would have held your hand like yeah. Thelma and louise we're she would have she would have rolled on and i'm like we He's like, I was like, dream averted. Ugh. Dude, that's Thanks a been, lot. <laughs> I was on a plane to Thailand and that happened twice when they're like, is there, they came over the speaker and they're like, is there any medical personnel on the plane? I was like, yes, there is. No. Thinking it was a birth and I was so excited and both times it was not a birth and I was so upset because I got wrangled into the situation that I was like, I don't know. I don't well, answer this. Well, this calls. wasn't fun. I don't know what's happening. Okay, so I have a rice sock in my birth bag and if you have crunchy clients that don't have a microwave mm-hmm. you can get those like handy dandy hot packs yes did you just make that face no. some people don't have microwaves just, Kim. well she didn't until i gave her one and said here move up in the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> move Welcome. out of your, move one level out of crunchiness i had some of those though but you have to like boil them back down in between and i well no, not, there's yeah. some you can just snap and use one time no oh. there's i mean I like the boiling ones. They don't get as Plus, hot, you're though. usually boiling water most of the time anyways for the birth tub. So, might as True. well um, feed two birds with one hand. Huh. That's... Is that like your... I did that Is that morning. like your vegan saying of kill two birds with one stone? <laughs> um, It's everybody's saying, or it should be. I've never oh. heard it. Feed two birds with one hand. <laughs> Sounds like something I do to my husband. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she just said. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. We're talking about chicken. chickens? Yes. Um... <laughs> 
Okay, I something, think you're else, about a something else that I keep in my birth bag. So some people use combs for this, but there's a lot of pressure points in the hand. And I keep this wood thing with spikes It's amazing. Out of it. What it's is like that thing cylinder. called? I don't even know what it's called. but It looks like some sort of S&M butt plug. Yeah, but women, real, yeah women, that'd be real intense. <laughs> women love it. They, they squeeze it during contractions. Not the S&M butt plug. And it releases endorphins. It just the, like the pain or the, the sensation of the spikes digging into your hand distracts away from the... The contractions uh, yeah it does <laughs> um, that's kind of like oh your foot hurts hold still while i punch you in the face yeah, yeah. it also it also hits pressure points that are supposed to help the birth go smoother and i've noticed people do this thing all the pregnant women they do this thing without <laughs> even knowing where they rub one of the spikes with just their thumb they're pretending they have one of those like patient controlled pumps for medication maybe maybe that's what's <laughs> happening which we do not provide no pain medication and labor um, I was cracking up because I've been wanting one of those for so long, but I keep forgetting to prioritize it. So I'll be at a birth and I'll be like, do you want this hairbrush to yeah. squeeze? And then I'll be squeezing it. It'll be like, well, like some, it'll like pump down yeah. while they touch it. And they're just like staring at well, me like this people, is not doing some anything. Some people use combs for it. Yeah. A lot of people don't have combs. They just have yeah. hairbrushes. True. And it doesn't do it. It's not um, the same. I also carry a rebozo. What I don't carry a real rebozo because they're expensive. So I carry like a scarf, a woven scarf. I have a rebozo that I was someone took for me, but I got it back. That's right. Well, they didn't take it. I left it there, and they didn't give it back. Yeah, but then they did, and I have yeah. it. Yeah, and we use that for like sifting. There's some other comfort measures you can use with it. Getting baby in a better position yeah. so you can be more comfortable. Yeah. I carry my essential oils. I also carry. Uh, massage oil what is that face about you make this face and i just know I thought you're you, gonna no, say no, no, I, I thought you were gonna my, my little llama like front <laughs> he's center. Like, yeah he's cute it, yeah. Llama. it just made me mm-hmm. giggle mm-hmm. for a second mm-hmm. i thought you were gonna say castor oil and i thought that was gonna open up a whole can of worms no i do not carry castor oil um i i just i usually use a um arnica a, an arnica oil a massage arnica oil and i use that for butt rubbing and it just smells so delightful. And I love arnica massage, yeah. massage oil. Massage. And um, those oh, are, breast pump. That one's really I important. I don't carry a breast pump in my bag. Uh, we I have usually one. have my clients bring their own breast pump. Not in my bag, baby. That's not in my <laughs> bag, baby. I have a handheld one in my bag for stimulation for labor. Stimulation to station. augment. There is a client that um, I don't remember if I told this story on the the episode we did that was so horrible that we trashed it or another one, but I'm going to tell it again. So I have a client and I was doing prenatally and I kept talking about um, doing nipple stimulation. You um, did tell this story. Yeah. You dived into nips in pretty hard. But I think it was, one. I think it was in the episode that we decided not to use. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was not it. good. Yeah. Um, and so finally she's like, so what is the purpose of nipple stimulation? And I'm like, Oh, well, when you stimulate your nipples, it releases natural oxytocin, which is what, you know, when they give you Pitocin to induce contractions, it's the synthetic form of what your body's making. So if you do nipple stimulation, it helps your body make that on its own. Wow, that noise is so annoying. I can't, I can't, I'm looking at you, <laughs> but I'm not I hearing can't, you. I can't I can't hear see anything. Both of your eyebrows twitching. I know, I'm like, and what so is she that? Goes, so she looks at me and she goes, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Every time you were saying that, I was imagining that it was something people do to like relax. Like they're getting into a Zen mode and they're like, um, and she was like, and I was thinking, God, that sounds so awful. And I was like, yeah, that does sound awful. That sounds so not zen. I'm glad we clarified that. <laughs> Could you imagine if you'd walked in the birth room and she was like, um, um I would have been like, no, because I would have been like, great nipple stim, girl. Yeah. It's awesome. You get in that zone. Keep it up. <laughs> um, I had a birth once when I showed up and she was seven centimeters and I was like, Oh my God, you went out of town. You were my birth assistant and you thought it was a good idea to go to Richmond as you do. Yeah. And you did. Love you. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, she's seven centimeters. She's never going to make it. Turned out she would have made it. You would have made it to that one. Oh, I didn't go to Richmond. You were somewhere. I was just in Northern Virginia. And I was like, I'll totally come back. And you're like, you're not going to make it. Yeah. But then and she I was totally, still pregnant. Yeah, I totally. Seven hours later. Would have made it. I just went to have dinner with my friends in Northern Virginia. Is that the night you went to a show out there? No, no this oh. was years ago. It was years and ago. And her husband did nipple, manual nipple stimulation. He sucked those. Manual nips. or oral? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Oral, <laughs> not manual. That is fake. Thank he you. He used his mouth. He used his mouth and he did a great job and he did it for like hours and hours and hours. If we could yeah. put a willing spouse in our birth bag who would do nip stem for as many hours as this possibly needed sometimes, that would be great. But he we was don't on have it. That. It was like nothing was happening. If that thing. sound doesn't stop, I might flip out. Yeah. Well, anyway, go on. I'm ignoring it. I wish I was better at that. Um, so now we I are, can't stop. So because of coronavirus, it. we're recording at home, and all the kids are home because there's no school. So sorry about any noises that. Oh, are that's getting. true. The video is going to pick a, it up yeah. way better than our mics. It's are. a Mario Brother thing. Yeah, like when you get yeah. the, the coin. Yeah. Sorry that. Sorry if of any weird noises that like slip through the filter we have on our mics, but we, it can't be helped. Sorry, not sorry. Um. Also, it's beautiful outside again. Yeah. And Evie, so I Evie, think go outside. Those are like the main things that I use in my birth bag for my doula clients. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what else. I think that's most of what I have in there as well. Everything else is just boring. Yeah. You know what's not boring? What? The birth story that we're reading. Let's do our birth story of the week. And we just want to remind people that if you want your birth story told on our podcast please send it to us at whineaboutbirth at gmail.com and we will share your birth story. So today's birth story got sent to us and it went along with our, um, it, it was a response to our birth trauma episode. I think both of the emails that we've gotten sent recently were in response to our mm-hmm. birth trauma episode. Yeah. So let's just dive in. Like, like a map. Also, um, I was telling Jess, I watched Cheech and Chong for the first time last night. What? And the license plate on his car was Muff Diver. I thought of you guys. <laughs> I just remember the scene where they're snorting Ajax. Oh my gosh. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot in that film. All right. I'm going to read today so I can practice talking slowly. Get slow. Get slow. Get slow. Get slow. Get slow. I thought, was that? To when, the window. Okay. I was like, that was, that was kind of like that song, but it, <laughs> you, Chuck pointed out that for for em- very empowering women, the three of us like to get down to some raunchy ass shite. Yeah, we and do. And I'm like, it's, it's because we're dynamic. The, the beat is so good. Like, yeah, that's what it is. I can't even help it. I just love talking about sweat rolling down some balls. Okay, <laughs> everybody likes sweaty balls. <laughs> sweaty balls. Sweaty balls. I just can't wait to put that sweaty ball in my mouth. <laughs> Your sweaty balls are so delicious. I can wait. <laughs> I can wait forever for waiting. that. Waiting. Just put me in that waiting All right, room. I'm going to start reading so we Sorry. can move on with our lives. Go on. The plan was for a water birth at the birth center. I pictured this wonderful, emotionally charged moment where my son would emerge and he'd be immediately placed on me skin to skin. My husband would be there to witness him coming into the world. We would both cry and relish the moment in which we both got to meet our son for the first time Aww. together. Well, that isn't exactly what happened. I kept telling myself leading up to my birth that anything could happen, that I could even end up at the hospital with a C-section and that would be okay. But after what happened, I realized that I never truly believed it would happen any other way than the beautiful birth I pictured in my head. Mm. That's really, that's really true. It is true. I haven't read this yet, so. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah. Sorry for any weird like pauses because I haven't actually read it yet. I did everything right to prepare for birth. I started. She said, I did everything right. Right. So what are those called? Quotation Quotations. Mark. Right. I started preparing over two years before I actually even gave birth. I read all the books. I exercised, did yoga, drank the Nora tea, ate healthy, stayed positive, took my vitamins, took the classes. Whoop, whoop. Go she you. She did everything. Yeah. But as my midwife put it, the birth fairy has no favorites. There's not really a birth fairy. Who said that? Which midwife was that? I've never heard anybody that say that. Jen. I've never heard her say that before. I haven't either, but I kind of like it. I know. It's great. Um, my labor lasted 20 hours from start to finish, and I pushed for three. It was very difficult and traumatic. So here's what happened. I started losing my mucus plug on my due date. Hooray. I was so excited. Oh, my God. Things are finally starting to happen. I thought. That night, a regular contraction started. I heeded the midwife's advice. I rested. I took a bath, allergy meds, diffused lavender, turned on the sound machine, and went back to sleep. Thank you for listening. Regular contractions started early the next morning, and a few hours later, we were at the birth center with contractions around four minutes apart. Within no time, I had already fully transitioned. I was. Yay. I know, that's awesome. 
I was told that it wouldn't be long now. I'd meet my baby soon. After some time with no progress, the midwife checked me and I was fully dilated, but the baby wasn't coming down against my cervix. At the time, she said that she thought it was because my bag of water was in the way and we would do what we could to try to break it naturally. Sorry. I itch. Good job, Jen. Mm-hmm. Go you. We spent literally hours doing everything we could to try to get my water to break and get baby in a better position. They were shaking my belly, shaking my ass, <laughs> giving me tinctures, and I was moving into all kinds of different positions during contractions including an inversion where I kneeled on a chair and placed my hands on the floor while they shook my belly for what seemed like forever. So basically doing oh, all the things we've talked about in all the episodes to try and get the baby where the baby needs to be. Yeah, that's... I mean, the chair is pretty intense. That's a lot for me yeah. that far along. Um, at some point, they let me rest and gave me an IV. There's those handy meds that we have available to us. Yep. For fluids. Yeah. For, yeah. For fluids. For fluids, for Sorry. energy. Mm-hmm. While my husband and I had some alone time, I even changed my music to something more upbeat. Mm, 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 mm. Nothing bum, worked. Bum, bum. Finally, we ran out of options. The midwife checked me again and I consented for her to break my water. Then shit got real. It I, hit the fan. Hit the fan. I honestly don't remember it being particularly painful before this point, but then the back labor started. The pain was indescribable, and I literally thought I wouldn't be able to do it. I finally got to the point where I was saying this out loud, which gave me great shame. But everybody says that at some point. Oh, my gosh. I've said that with every single baby, and I have five. Don't be shamed by that. You're amazing. We we said in another episode, that's actually like a good sign for us when moms say that they're done and they don't want to do it anymore because that means that you're probably really, really close to being done, which which you were. You did all of that up until being complete, which is crazy. Yeah. Humans can only take so much intensity. So once you hit that, you're done. And when a baby's coming down into your pelvis, especially if they're in a wonky position, ah, even if they're not, that is my least favorite part of birth. When I have to start pushing, my whole world is, is just over. (laughs) Is that when you lock yourself in the bathroom? No. Is that when you throw yourself on the bed naked? Yes. Yeah. Ah! I did ah! that. <laughs> and you know what? I don't feel shame. Not at all. Because I pushed a human being out of my body. Mm-hmm. So Out of your body. So don't feel shame, girl. Be proud of what yeah. you went through. Yeah, the fact that you said that you don't remember it being really particularly painful up until this point is kind of crazy. Yeah. I, <laughs> most people are dying a slow death at yeah, that point. Yeah, for real. All right, at this that point. That doesn't sound encouraging. No. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's well, just they think they are happy intensity. I was going to get really think, existential for a they minute. They think they're dying a slow death. They're not actually slow. Let's just watch going. this unfold. This is really entertaining. Okay. Oh my God. Um, at this point, I'm pushing. After a long while of pushing, I start bleeding bright red. Up to this point, the nurse and midwife had been pretty good at concealing whatever they were thinking slash planning until they were ready to discuss it with me. But as soon as the blood hit the mat that I was standing over, I heard their nurse say, oh, and not in a good way. Really? Oh, okay. That's surprising. <laughs> I know. don't usually say anything out loud. Yeah. Maybe she was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But she said it wasn't a good way. Looky there. I mean, oh, could, that could, oh, oh. could not be a good way. I can hear her going, oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I could hear that. She checked the baby's heart rate again, and I could hear it was noticeably slower than before. I could hear the nurse and midwife discussing putting their paramedics on standby. You are huffing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Those kids. Usually. I feel like you right now. They're driving me absolutely up the wall. Listen, I'm usually the 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 whatever. I purposely didn't get up. So Jess had to keep doing it. He's like back there with the door just like. Was that Brock? Yeah. I'm like. For God's sake, stop it. <laughs> Evie, why did you talk so loud? Shut up. You, it's usually me freaking Wait, you out. You are exactly where she was like an hour yes, ago. Yes, that's me. She was flipping out earlier, losing oh it. God. We're both just like, oh, she's I, losing it. But I just it, drank two beers, so I'm like, it. yeah. it's cool. I don't care. You need another beer. How to record a podcast with 40 kids and two dogs, (laughs) two cats, a husband in the house while the wind is blowing 40 miles per hour. We'll call it the pandemic podcast instead. (laughs) It's pandemic. Literally, if we put the kids outside, they probably would have blown away. (laughs) I want to hear what else she's saying because this is getting really really good. It's getting real good. I interrupted your story real hard. So they can hear the nurse and midwife discuss putting the paramedics on standby. Did you just check your teeth? 
No, I got a text message. I was trying oh. to read it. <laughs> I thought you were like, <laughs> all right, focus. All right. All right. So paramedics on standby. The midwife gets very serious that we need to get the baby out ASAP and we need to try getting me on my back for guided pushing. I was desperate to push in any other position possible because being on my back made the back labor so much more intense. Oh, I know that feeling. It is the worst. But she was adamant. Yes. Yeah. We really needed to try to get this baby out. Yes. And sometimes directed pushing on your back really does the trick to help get that baby below the pubic bone, which we've said before. After finally getting to position, we start guided pushing and it was working. The baby was coming through slowly but surely. She even had me feel for his head, which was motivating. Yay. But he wasn't coming fast enough and his heart rate was still dropping. They put me on oxygen. They called the paramedics who arrived shortly after. The midwife would ride in the ambulance with me and my husband would have to follow behind us. Oh, that's tough. I was desperate to get the baby out and even push through a contraction in the stretcher before they carried me out, hoping I could deliver him at the birth center. What a oh boss. God, I just, I feel I like your energy right now. Your adrenaline kicks in so much when this is happening. You're just, just like, mm. it's like you become a superhuman. Yeah. And she did. Jen yeah. said absolutely. She was a superhuman. Okay. I was terrified of delivering at the hospital and potentially having a C-section. After they loaded me into the ambulance, I heard the midwife tell the paramedics, Hey guys, I know you do the best you can, but we need to get her to the hospital ASAP. We can't find the heart rate, and I just want you to know the gravity of the situation. Good job, Jen. Good communication. Well, communicated. It was probably, as she says, this was scary for her to hear. Yeah, I don't think she, yeah, it just says, I don't think this was meant for my ears. And at the time, I didn't realize that it was just because the baby was under my pubic bone and they couldn't monitor his heart rate at this point, so they were treating it as if there was no heartbeat. Well, I thought, well, I, uh, well, I thought there really was no heartbeat and that my baby was dying. Oh my God. So when the baby's starting to come under the pubic bone, because we, we get the Doppler from like behind the baby's left shoulder. And so if the baby's under the pubic bone, it can be really hard to hear the heart rate with Mm -hmm. the Doppler. And so there might be a period of time where you don't really know what's going on. So unfortunately in Jen's attempt to, because the EMTs are amazing, like they're always amazing, but. Sometimes I don't think they get, they grasp the severity of the, like if we call them, it's for a reason. Like the load and go Mm -hmm. um, mentality of it because we're so calm. So in her attempt to relay the dire need for not, sometimes they needed to, they needed to get there. Yeah. Sometimes they sit in the parking lot and they get all their stuff together and they ask all their questions, which is thorough. But if you can't hear a baby's heartbeat, so I'm so sorry that happened. That sucks. Okay. So. I've been handed the mic so that Meredith can play with Sorry, her dog. No, my dog's trying to eat someone's cat. So I feel like I should take responsibility. So she says, I went into overdrive. It was like a switch flipped inside me. I pushed mm-hmm. furiously through the 10 minute ambulance ride while the midwife and paramedic were being thrown back and forth at every turn as they were trying to help deliver my baby and shouting encouraging words at me through every push. I delivered him in the back of the ambulance. He came out limp like a wet noodle. I thought he was a stillbirth. The midwife was rubbing him and asking for suction and inviting him to come around. After what felt like forever, he started crying and she put him on my chest. I was so relieved. He was perfect in every way and completely healthy. She later told me that he needed a little more help than most babies to come around and she'd never watched the life come into a baby the way she did with him. It's really interesting when that happens. Yeah. When you watch a baby and it's all of a sudden it's like a switches was like, yeah. like and we're here. Scalp tingles. Yeah. It's like a really crazy experience. Yeah. They wheeled me to labor and delivery and we were greeted by a very rude and cranky OB who was obviously against out of hospital births in parentheses. She says two days later when we were being discharged, she literally shamed me and brought me to tears for having an out of hospital birth. So they stayed for two days after that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Thanks Winchester for moving backwards. Yeah. We love that, that that is happening. There's no excuse for shaming moms, especially it's like, you're not helping what's yeah. done is done like they they're here for a reason like yeah. they made the smart choice to come in why would you shame somebody and for if that? you and if you act like a giant asshole the only thing you're doing is making sure that the next time they have a baby they don't want to be anywhere near you yeah. i once thanked an ob for bringing me clients so it's cool yeah 
That's so unfortunate, though, because his mom is a badass. Don't, don't, don't be an asshole. Sorry, I just wanted to do that. <laughs> or no, that episode, don't be a dick. Yeah. Don't, don't mom don't shame. Be don't, don't be a dick. Or a cunt in this case. I was asking for my husband, and when he finally arrived, he was running into the room, shedding tears of relief that baby and I were okay. He kept holding my face and kissing me through the tears, Aww. exclaiming his... Exclaiming... Exclaiming... How? Okay, that's it. Exclaiming how relieved he was. <laughs> relieved. Sorry. I'd never seen him like this. That was it. That emotional charge moment I mentioned before. It was beautiful, but so much different than I pictured. I was so drained. I didn't have a tear to shed myself until hours later. Yeah. It takes a while for all of the emotions you feel around your birth to really sink in. Yeah. You're still in survival mode at that point. I mean, even for weeks and months after the birth, it, ta- it just takes so long mm-hmm. as you process all those emotions. I found out that I had a third degree tear that required surgery to fix. Once I delivered my placenta, more like they ripped it out of me, they took the baby to measure him and wheeled me to the OR. I returned to my husband proudly holding our swaddled baby boy. I haven't... Hmm. Interesting. I haven't seen many... I haven't seen them do that to many third degree Mm -mm. tears. It must have been very interesting. (laughs) I later found out the tear was the result of the midwife having to reach in to turn and pull the baby out. His head was delivered face down, which was great. But she said that given the circumstances, they couldn't wait for another contraction for him to come out. His color didn't look good. And given how his heart rate had dropped, they needed him out ASAP when processing my birth. So we were just talking about like, what tools do we have in our bags? Sometimes it's just our skill Mm -hmm. and our our hands and our judgment. So the midwife as shitty as this is, um, wasn't able to wait for a contraction and she knew the movements that a normal baby makes and she had to end up doing those movements for the baby. So the cardinal movements. So it's awesome. That's a skill that you can't see, but we carry that everywhere. When processing my birth with the midwife weeks later, she said she had no answers. She had even talked to other midwives and was still completely stumped as to why my labor stalled so late. It was probably about 10 hours from the time I transitioned to the time the baby was delivered. She, that's, shit. that's hard. That's hard. I've girl. seen that so many I times. I feel your pain. Yeah. This is why we don't celebrate eight centimeters. Anymore. No, I celebrate the placenta. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> She said she'd never seen that happen before. Of all the possibilities that could have caused the baby's heart rate to drop the way it did, she suspected a pinched cord. After recently seeing a new chiropractor, I discovered that I had an unbalanced pelvis, which the chiropractor suspects is why the baby had such a hard time coming down and why I had so much difficulty getting him under the pubic bone. Chiropractic care. Webster chiropractors are the bomb. Golden. I am currently eight weeks postpartum. I have yet to face the bloodied gown I was wearing when they placed my baby on me in the ambulance. It's still sitting in the corner of my closet in a laundry bag. Mm. Oh, yeah. I When I transferred to the hospital, similar thing. Like, they put all my pants that I was wearing because I wasn't wearing anything and my I ever was pushing and it was just leaking all into my pants and they just took those off and they put them into a bag and I found it like six months later and I was like ooh, what is this and I was like ah, that's gross we're putting that in the trash <laughs> okay so wait hold on that went in a very different direction than I thought it wasn't like an emotional thing for you it was like a wow that smells like rotten it may have been a birth clothes I can't remember anymore because I'm dead inside now <laughs> I wasn't at that point but you are now (laughs) and that's all that matters so where was i it's still because she's not emotionally dead yet like you it's still sitting in the corner of my closet in a laundry bag aside from that i have thankfully come a long way in processing my birth story i cried a lot over it in the past few weeks it killed me that my husband who has been an incredible birth and postpartum partner by the way couldn't be there for the birth of our son that neither of us were there to witness the other hold him for the first time and that I could barely soak in the moment that I got to hold him for the first time because I was being wheeled out of an ambulance and focused on covering him up to shield him from the cold. Mm. There was so much going on. I couldn't really take a moment to appreciate him until after the surgery. I felt betrayed by my body because it didn't do what it was supposed to do. I was bitter and resentful and terrified by the prospect of having a second child and what on earth I would do for my second birth if we have another. I felt weak, defeated, and ashamed. I was embarrassed and hated 
and hated that all the doubters who questioned and judged my decision to have an out-of-hospital birth would be proven right in a oh, way. God, that's so hard. She did have an out-of... Yeah. You still, no. com- you still accomplished so much, but obviously there was a lot more baggage And I'm sure people would. I'm sure that you get a lot like the, well, it's just important that you have a, hap- a healthy baby. Yeah, and just minimizing it. And you're okay. It. And the medical professionals saved you, yeah. which is hard to hear when you're already grieving. But it's like, I just like to repeat this over and over. It's... We are so happy your baby's healthy and that you're healthy, but it's okay to grieve losing the birth you wanted. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're processing all this now and not yeah, when things, you're pregnant again. Yes. Yeah. Keep doing it. And thank you for your vulnerability. Like this is really powerful. She said, no matter how much my husband tried to convince me, I was a superhero. I just didn't believe it. Well, now I'm starting to feel differently. Don't get me wrong. I have moment, moments where it still stings. But as difficult as it was, I'm so grateful that I was able to deliver my son naturally. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if I had been in the hospital, it would have ended with a C-section. Yes, I got a little dicey, or it got a little dicey towards the end, but baby came out perfectly healthy and completely unscathed. Given the crazy circumstances, I feel even more empowered that I was still able to have a natural birth. That's awesome. That's so amazing. My midwife called me a warrior, and at the time I thought it was something she just said to be nice, but now I actually feel it. I'm feeling beclamped. <laughs> There's emotions welling up. I, I, I felt a little teary for a second. <sighs> but it is true. Like, going through something like that is so much harder than um, having just your birth go easy. Yeah. Like, it's so hard emotionally. It's so hard physically. Like, getting through that, you are a warrior. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely. But now I actually feel it. It's not the birth I planned or wanted. It felt so unfair in so many ways, but it is the birth that I got. I am even starting to see the beauty in all of its intensity. I was so traumatized by my birth, but now I really just want to own it. Fuck the haters. Yes. 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 Fuck Mm, mm, the mm, mm, mm. haters. I'm going to get my pelvis back into alignment and probably do it all again. A natural out of hospital birth, I mean. Wow, and this is eight weeks postpartum. That is so fucking beautiful. You have no idea how many stories we have like this that there's the second birth is just like so phenomenal. Because the fact that you push that baby out through like a crooked pelvis and all of that stuff. And thank God, that would have been a C-section. They would have sectioned you upon arrival if you had not. Just yeah. being able to push him yeah, out. Yeah, I am so happy. So she ends this by saying, who knows? Maybe next time in my own home. I am Yay. a goddamn badass. Yes, and you so are. is every other mama who has given birth, no matter what her birth story. Oh, I, think, yes. I, I love wanna, just, that story. It's Corona. So I just want to hug chills. you. I know. Look at my goosebumps. Yeah. yeah she's got real goosebumps. <gasps> I think, goosebumps. I think it doesn't that, happen. She doesn't have feelings anymore. I think that like a real as moment. we end the episode, instead of saying cheers, we should say what she said at the end which i don't say fuck the haters yeah 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 i'll say f the the haters haters. that was an amazing story you are ready to say it inspiring and it's also so good you did all that birth preparation and all the stuff because it's like you don't know what would have happened had you not done that well also like would you be able to emotionally process it as well as you have without all that prep Exactly. You know, like, so maybe if it didn't get you the birth you wanted, it definitely has seemed to help your healing process after, which is just as important. And I'm glad you had a skilled provider with you because Jen Mm -hmm. knew what she was doing and she was able to help you get your baby out. Not in the way that you wanted it, but I'm just, I'm glad Jen was there. Mm-hmm. it's awesome well right, so we have what? to finish up our episode so um please send us your birth stories if you want to be the birth story of the week and then we're just going to finish it out with fuck, fuck the haters, haters. and cheers, and cheers. <laughs>